0: Picture a world where costs are down, profits are up, and customers are clamoring at your door. You're listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. Our interviews with business owners, service providers, and area experts can teach you how to create a world of success and profitability. If you're looking for an attorney to assist in your business formation, employment agreements, or other legal business needs, contact Jordan Law at 906-5529. You can also reach us on the web at jordanlawfl.com. Jordan Law, we protect you and your business.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Up to Business, our podcast-turned-Facebook live show. As you know, I am Jordan Ostroff, your go-to business law and personal injury attorney here in wonderful, sunny, overly hot Orlando, Florida. Joining me today, Andy Young, a wonderful guest who not only is super knowledgeable about what we're going to talk about, but also runs his own show, so I'm hoping to pick up some tips and pointers to make this show better. Uh, Mark, you still have me listed as Ed Di Aguilera, so I've been called much worse. Not a big deal. Uh, so with that, I have hopefully, hopefully, hopefully one final pitch. I think we're up to 94 subscribers on YouTube. If we hit the 100 I've got you to 99,
2: button, Jordan. I've got you to 99. 99. We, got, we got one more to cross the threshold for All you right. to celebrate. And I think that you're going to do a backflip off of your chair uh, is what I heard.
1: Uh, I will crack my neck, and then <laughs> I won't be able to sue myself. So... <laughs> Uh, so 99 subscribers. If we hit the 100 subscriber mark, I will shut up and never ask for a subscriber on YouTube again. We just want to hit the 100 to get that branded URL. So all of our social media is JordanLawFL with that consistency. So there are uh, almost half a dozen people watching right now. Please, if one of you has not subscribed, go on over. Be that 100 subscriber. Uh, it will be. It will make me very happy. But enough about me and my desperate pledge for YouTube subscribers which hopefully I will never have to do again. Uh, let's talk about Andy. Let's hear his background and wonderful experience.
2: Welcome. Yeah, on. so uh, thanks so much for having me on, Jordan. Uh, I know that we had you as a guest a little while back, uh, and that was a fantastic experience. So I appreciate being able to be on the other side of the, uh, of the screen. But with, uh, with myself, so I'm a lead financial advisor at the Life Wealth Group. All that that really means to you is I help you out with money. That's why I'm known as the Orlando money guy. So when you think about money, I want you to think about me. Uh, and that way I'm helping guide people through and help everyday people make sense of retirement. It doesn't have to be complicated. So that's what I do day in and day out is take the complicated as far as like, holy cow, how much do I need? Make it simple to just go, this is what I'm doing every day to make a difference.
1: So with that, how can I trade options on Robinhood in a manner where I suddenly go (laughs) $250,000 in the hole off of a $100 investment?
2: Yeah, well, you know, I I saw an ad this morning. Uh, There was a 13-year-old kid uh, that made $18,000 on explaining how to do trades, Um, but he didn't make it on the actual trades. He made it on selling people a course (laughs) on how to do it. Uh, which no one actually made money on.
1: (laughs) Well, he did. So that's the, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of this stuff is like modern day snake oil. So I love that you all just really kind of cut through that noise and make it about the person.
2: Yeah. Uh, So our our industry is, is pretty fragmented. If you go and you talk to somebody that sells insurance, they're like, oh, that guy that sells investments, he's a snake, watch out. And then the guy that's selling the investments, he's looking at the insurance guy going, What a schmuck. He's he doesn't know what he's talking about. He just sells insurance. He does annuities and life insurance. He's probably trying to sell you one of those things. Right. We we look at it and we say it doesn't matter. I'm agnostic. I don't care which side that we go to. It matters where you're going and developing an actual plan so that you're able to realize what dreams you have that you're trying to achieve. I've got a younger couple that's in their early 30s. They want to retire at fifty five. Their plan looks a little different than the 67-year-old that I'm working with that's just really hoping that Marriott employees get called back to work so that she can go retire.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I, can't even, I can't even imagine. And, and she's probably in a better position than – well, obviously in a better position than the 30 million people that got laid off already.
2: Yeah, yeah, substantially. Uh, but it's one of those things. It's, we had enough things that were taken care of in her case that even though she's been sitting at home without going to work since April, that she's able to see that and go, hey, you know what? If I don't get called back until October, maybe even January, I'm okay. Because we've laid enough groundwork to get her to this point that she can say, I- I've got confidence in knowing what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not left holding the bag. And that's a lot of what, when we look at it from financial planning it's just making sure that you're working through for somebody. What are the mistakes other people have made so that they don't have to make them?
1: Yeah. No, it's interesting. You know, you talk about your industry being so fragmented and I'm sitting here trying to think if lawyers are better than that or worse than that. But <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I could give an answer to that one. It's yeah. uh it's always interesting when you have professions that self, you know, police self-govern and self smack talk.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a little, uh, it's a little interesting. I've, been on both sides of the fence with that. So I really enjoy the fact that now that I don't have to stand on either side, that I can help out either way. But it's, I got my start in the industry on the insurance side. So I was kind of sitting there going, okay, well, this makes sense. You see it through one lens. Uh, and if I talk to somebody that they started initially selling stocks to people, they're like, why would you ever do that? This is the way you can design a portfolio and everything works. But it's, it's just crazy when you look at it that you go, why does it matter which one's better than another? It matters that you actually have the ability to do what you want. So I don't know. I, I know you're trying to grow your empire over there, Jordan. Uh, you probably have your exit strategy in your head of how you want this to look years down the road. Uh, we see that a lot of people, you're smart enough to know what you want. You don't have to have somebody tell you it's cookie cutter. It's just this is what we do over and over again, rubber stamp it and send you <laughs> on the way.
1: Well, it did take me probably three years to realize that I did want to have an exit plan that wasn't me just getting carried out in a coffin for <laughs> my desk. So, yeah. some, some people make that transition, and, and unfortunately, some don't. Yeah, I,
2: I remember I had a gentleman that we were sitting across. He, he worked at, uh, I guess, I don't know if I can say the name. I'll say a local aeronautical engineering company uh, with that, that's down the road on Sand Lake here. Uh, but I can remember sitting across the table from him about three years ago and telling him this guy had designed a spreadsheet with like his daily account values of everything for the last 25 years, every car that he was going to have for the rest of his life, all the different things. But when he came down and he sat down with us, we had to look across the table and say, you're going to have to go back to work. Like, that's a hard slap in the face because here's somebody that's done it on his own for that many years. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, Yeah, you know, I'll kick the tires. You tell me what, what's going on. Just tell me I'm doing a good job. He got one thing wrong. He'd looked at inflation. He said, Inflation, eh, I'm not worried about that.
0: <laughs> so oh.
2: Over huge. the course of 30 years, it was going to be a big oopsie. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we had to sit there and tell him. Now, luckily, he was able to go back through going through planning and have an actual plan and a purpose of what he was doing. He could go back and do casual part-time work, and that was able to course correct him that everything was still going to check out okay. But that was a really big do-over uh, that luckily he was able to do versus sitting there winding
1: up at 80 years old. You wake up and you're a Walmart door greeter. Well, so funny. So my dad uh, retired from the post office and was at the point where you know he had vested before he was old enough to retire. And so he ends up getting out and literally he was the Kmart door greeter, And he was like, it was so funny because everybody else was, you know, really needed the job was working the way up. It was the beginning. And for him, he's like, you won't give me a stool. Forget you. I'm out. And just quit. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm in my, you know, I'm in my late fifties, early sixties. I got to stand this entire time. There's like four people come through the store. Forget it. I'll go find something else. Yeah. So yeah, just it's... an interesting, uh, interesting, funny thing. So before we get more into this, though, so I love the concept of, you know, you guys aren't on one side of the aisle playing against the other one. So tell me a little bit more about the Life Wealth Group.
2: So Life Wealth Group, uh, our founder and CEO, Hilgart Lamprecht, uh, about now it's going on 20 years ago, worked for AXA Advisors up to that point. So it was about four years into the industry. And you could remember sitting across the table from one of the, we'll call him the old wise sage, the guy that's been there, done that has, for a long, long time. And he said he was looking across the table from and and the the guy said, you got to choose which side of the table you're on. And he was kind of like, well, I I mean, I'm sitting over here. Is that OK? And he was like, no, 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 no. You got to decide if you're on the side of the table with the client or with the company. So that's why he started the, the firm that many years ago is because he wanted to get on the same side with the client, not worry about what company you're using, what product you're using. Make sure that you're actually acting in the best interest of the person. So we've spent the last 20 years as a company making sure that we're doing that. You know, we, we say that we're wanting to make sure that we fuel and help dreams come true. Uh, we're we're kind of in the land of dreams, right, with Disney. So with, with that, that if we say, hey, we're trying to make sure that we're helping people check the boxes and they're, they're getting the most out of life. How do you maximize your life so that you're experiencing the joy that you can every day? And how do you maximize your wealth to actually fuel that stuff to happen? Uh, my, my dad's an, an artist So he's really good at the dreaming aspect, not so good at the aspect of trying to figure out how to make things a solid plan. Uh, So we see that people have these ideas, these grandiose ideas of what they want to make happen, but now we have to actually put a framework to it
1: and a a spending plan behind it to make it work. So, you know, it's interesting because obviously you've got companies where they want you to sit on the side of the company as opposed to on the side of the client. So, and then I know, you know, from lawyers, we have to be a fiduciary. I know from the financial side, you didn't have to be, then you did, now you don't have to be. Am I correct in that? It depends on if you're an advisor with an ER
2: or an advisor with an OR. Ah, See, okay. Years ago, our industry, this is this was a great idea, right? People said that you cannot be an advisor ER. Uh, so what happened is that they went, well, what if I change the way we spell it? <laughs> so... That, that's what happened. They went through and they just changed the way that they spelled it so that you could do that. Uh, to be a fiduciary, which, which with my licenses, I have to be, I have to act in your best interest. If you're my client, I have to sit there and make sure whether it's in my best interest or not that I'm giving you good sound advice. Uh, If you're not of that setup, which you don't have to be, you can actually be uh, someone that helps with financial stuff. You can be the guy that's just doing insurance, and you could call – well, you used to be able to call yourself an advisor. Now, with the regulation changes as of June, uh, what you'd be able to do is say – you could say I'm a life path specialist or some crazy term that you just make up. Uh, But you don't have to necessarily do what's going to be the best. You can offer one product, one solution, and say, hey –
1: you fit. It's suitable. <laughs> Which makes no sense to me because I feel like, I mean, again, in our industry, you have to be. But, like, I feel like it's such an easy sales pitch to be like, look, if I'm not doing what's in your best interest, I'm violating my canons. You can sue me. You can disbar me. You can go after me. All that. Like, I have to be working for you because I'm mandated. Like, it seems like on the one hand, you look at it as being more difficult. But on the other hand, you look at it as, like, that's the easiest way to sell your services to a client, I would think.
2: Yeah, could you imagine showing up at a mechanic and saying, my engine's broken, can you fix it? And he gets part of the way through and he says, well, I worked on your transmission. And you're like, that's not
1: even what I came for. And he's like, yeah, but that's what I sell. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think if I showed up to a mechanic and he goes, hey, man, I'm a fiduciary and I hold myself to the highest standard and here's the certification and I can't screw around with your car. I think I'd send all my friends to that mechanic.
2: Yeah, it would make total sense. It would make total sense. So yeah, I mean, it's you you have to make sure it's one of those things that it's its a little bit hidden. It's not to the, to the naked eye for a majority of the public to look at somebody and say, hey, how do I know that this person's actually looking out for my best interests? Uh, I used to be a state farm agent. I owned an agency in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, after doing that, I left the company. Um, it's a big company, Fortune 50 company, huge company. Uh, But for me, I couldn't sit across the table and honestly tell somebody, I'm going to act in your best interest with my product lineup. I I, I had to sell mortgages. That was one of my requirements in order to get a bonus at the end of the year, like to pay my employees and myself. I had to sell X amount of mortgages. I sold zero. I just referred them out to a guy that I knew that was in the area that he dealt with mortgages every single day. That meant a lot more to me that he could take care of people in the right way than it ever did for me to hit a target or a special incentive or a trip or travel. No, I don't want to deal in that. I have no clue if somebody's like, "Hey, what's better, this or this?" I'm like,
1: I don't know. You know, Will will tell you. <laughs> hey, and you know what? You had the, from the business standpoint, the audacity, but from the consumer standpoint, the awesomeness of willing to, you know, knowing your limitations and making sure they were had that team of experts as opposed to the, uh, the Jack of all trades, master of none.
2: Yeah. I mean, for you guys with, with business law and helping people out, it's going to be a lot different than the, the, the guy or gal that specializes only in divorces. Like, yeah, you're an attorney, but you, you have specialties and things that you do best at helping people with.
1: Right. I just want, I just want that person and me to have a good conversation about your business and the future of the divorce, but I don't want to worry about all the (laughs) stuff that they're doing in court exactly with everything along those lines. So, you know, I love, we're talking about this, the power of a plan and not just a product. And so I think that's such a a powerful turn of phrase. And obviously I think that goes right into what we've been talking about, but you know, walk me through in a little bit more detail, the power of a plan and not just a product.
2: Yeah. So, so for when we're working with somebody, the very first thing that we start with, we call it the pyramid of clarity. Uh, We got to start with what's your vision, what drives you forward? You had a certain upbringing or experiences that got you to this point. So, for me, I know that we owned a small business growing up. We had a, an auto parts store that my grandfather had founded. I got to see somebody that retired off of the railroad at 37 years old go open a business. Like, that's killer. But yeah. I, I know that that helped shape me to say, you don't just rest on your laurels and just say it's good enough. He was in there working all the time up until the day that he passed away. My other grandfather retired in his 50s out of the coal mines as an engineer. Uh, you know, it's it's hard work, it's backbreaking work. These are people that built their country. Uh, but I I know that that shapes me for that in the way that I look at stuff. So I value things differently. I don't care about driving a $130,000 car. I care about experiences and getting out and doing life with my family. So I know that that shapes me. From there, we can start looking at the priorities. What's the order of stuff that you want to get done? So if you've if you've got the creaky step out on the porch that just drives you crazy, but you never have any time to fix it, and you're like, eh, you know, I want a new deck, and it costs you ten grand to put a new deck on the house, then cool, we we can put that on the list, and we can decide to work towards that. Maybe you got a dream a, a dream vacation. You want to go and be in one of the huts over the water, and you know whatever that it's it's what motivates you. All of my people that had travel dreams on their list, yeah, that's all on hold right now. So yeah, they, wow. they've got a little bit more money to work with because they didn't have to use it for travel. Hopefully. Yeah. So we look at that and then we can start to build some goals and we can start then developing an actual plan. And then we get to the investments and in products and solutions. See, our industry has it flipped. They start with the products and solutions and then it's like, oh, wait, you mean that that's not important to you? And it's like, yeah, you never asked. So that's, that's how we start with that. So if I look at a majority of people that are out there that I work with right now, it really comes down to three things that potentially derail them on a plan. And number one is they don't have enough income. They don't have no plan to know where their income's coming from. And while you're working, it's easy. you got a paycheck coming. You know, every two weeks, you're getting that paycheck come in or every week. Once you retire, checks are gone. All of a sudden now, it's Social Security or maybe if you're lucky, a pension. And then the rest it's all up to you and number two i look at it and I, I have people that are taking on risk that they have no idea what risk they're taking on so this year if, if no one knows that's watching this the stock market's been a little bit crazy <laughs> so, and,
1: and sometimes that's a good thing but oftentimes that's a bad thing yeah. depending upon if your, if you, uh, your you woke
2: up from a coma with a half million dollars at the end of march and you put it in the market you have no idea you're like this is the best thing ever i love 2020 but for everybody else Not so much uh, with that. And then lastly, you know, people will plan all of this and they'll get investments, but they don't pay attention at all to taxes. They're worried about trying to get an extra one or two percent return, but they're ignoring the fact that they might be growing this ballooning problem of 20 or 30 or 40 percent in taxes. So, you know, those are the three things that I see. That's what we develop when I'm saying a, a plan, not a product.
1: We're attacking those three things from the get go. So I love the, I love the concept here. Cause I think, you know, obviously you're not the only industry that there are people that have this problem. There are a lot of industries where you're selling that product instead of selling the plan or selling that solution. You know, I tell everybody, nobody wants to hire a lawyer. Nobody wants to buy a shovel. They want a hole in the ground. They want the legal problem to go away. They want the outcome of it. So, you know, I don't think anybody comes to you and says, Hey, I want, you know, Vanguard 2735. <laughs> it's, I want to be able to retire and you know make sure my kids are taken care of and, take those vacations so I love the way that you flip that
2: yeah it, you're exactly right I, I mean sometimes people just don't know how to articulate it but they just don't know how to tell you what it is so we spend some time on just trying to coach people through of how do you discover a little bit more about this and get the power to dream again you know you're told like when you're a little kid my, my two-year-old I tell her she can be anything she can be right you know, you can do whatever you want. This is great within reason. You know, you can do anything that you want. You can go off. You can do this. You can make a difference. I don't know where it changes. If it's like you're a teenager and all of a sudden you're starting to get shut down, like, no, you can't do that. You got to figure out a real job. You got to figure it, And it just kind of shuts this off in your brain. Uh, but it's really neat to see with people just kind of all of a sudden opening up like, wait, you mean like I, whatever? I can just think of whatever I want and that you, you can – Yeah, we'll work together so that we can figure it out together and see how
1: do we make that happen. I mean, there are people that are unboxing toys on YouTube making eight to fifteen million dollars a year. So I truly think you can do whatever you want. You just have to do it the right way. Or or a little bit of luck. You know, no offense to anybody else, but every time you know, things take a little bit of luck as well.
2: Yeah. So we have people that wake up, you know, you've worked somewhere for twenty five or thirty years. And it's kind of like uh, they develop a junk drawer. So I know in my house, it's like right as you come in, it's in the kitchen island. You pull the drawer out, and there's just all this – there's like rubber bands in there. There's saran wrap, extra pair of scissors, the little you know eyeglass screwdrivers. There's just tons of stuff that you accumulate. You have no idea how you got it. People wind up with that when they're looking at their their financial planning. They just wind up with all this stuff over their lifetime. They have no idea what it works or how it works together or what happens – But they'll show up. I literally had someone show up with a paper box, like one of the big paper boxes full of different statements and documents. She had no clue what was in there. She was like, I don't know. We moved houses. Um, (laughs) This is everything for the last 20 years. Yes. But I was going through. I felt like I was reading the Bible. It was like this policy begat this policy begat this policy. You know, it was it just kept going. Uh, but we were the first person that would actually take the time and go through and figure out what do you really have, so that we could have
1: a starting point. So I want to, uh, you know, I want to go a little bit deeper into that because obviously, like, not everybody watching this is is in the financial sector. So how what's that methodology of really getting to the problem or getting to what the the wants, getting to the desires? Like, how do you really pull that out of people? Because I'm sure you have a bunch of people that are just like, hey. I want to retire at this date. And that's all. Like, I just want to stop working.
2: Yeah, I remember uh, uh, Bill came in uh, and we were kind of going through some of these steps with, with Bill and his wife. And, and he, he looked at us. We were about two meetings in. And he finally just got up and he was kind of frustrated and he was a little bit grumpy. And he said, I'm done with all this frou-frou crap. Can we get to the real stuff now? Tell me what am I investing in and how's all this go? So, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have that, that people just say, hey, I understand this, but kind of give me the shortcut. With business, I, I've got a, a business owner that I worked with that for him to try to unpack it business wise. Number one, everybody right now going through COVID, they're just like, I want to keep the doors open and keep my employees.
1: Um, I hope before, so. I hope
2: that's everything. Before, before that, before that, we had people looking at, you know, how do I grow this? How do, how do I do something to be able to actually uh, somehow scale this up? And it normally started with the same as I would do for a household what's your cash flow? How predictable is it? You know, who, who's actually steering the ship so that we can figure out what's going on? So if we start there and we start to look at the lifeblood of your business for business owners, you know, if you don't know your cash flow, and in his case, he thought he did. but Because his, his person that was looking over stuff told him everything was great. All the bills were paid on time. As they started kind of digging in a little bit more, not so much. So it was an eye-opening experience to all of a sudden wake up and go, I thought all the bills were paid. We were good. We didn't have anything 30-day past due. No, instead it was like, holy cow, we've got about fifteen grand a month that we need to start throwing at debt. Wow. Because if not, they're going to start taking stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's being able to have someone else to help walk through stuff with you. It's not necessarily that it has to be you if you're the business owner, it doesn't necessarily have to be you, but you have to have somebody that you really, really trust because this is the lifeblood of your business. This is what's flowing through your veins
1: to make sure that you've got everything else running. No, it makes, it makes perfect sense. And so like walk me through, I mean, I'm sure, you know, your, your example of the hypothetical bill, I'm sure that's gotta be a more common situation than normal. I mean, you know, a lot of people even come to us and are just like, Hey, solve this. Like, here's the paperwork. And like, well, hold on. Like I need, I need more info than that. So how do you, you know, how do you really get to that core of that person to what they're really doing this for to what they're really working for? Because like a lot of this is, you know, you're basically coming up with finding somebody's purpose in life and making sure that they're financially able to live out that purpose.
2: Yeah. So we, we go through, we basically have a discovery process with that person and just kind of figuring out Some of it is surface level, right? If you're worried about losing money, but you're not worried about taxes, there's certain strategies that we can use. If you're worried about passing money on to the next generation or being able to sell your business and take this closely held family business and turn it from this thing that's kicking income to you as a paycheck and all of a sudden turn it into a big lump sum because you no longer work there, you've sold it to somebody else, those are some big things. Uh, But it takes time to be able to work through. So we see that it takes the right mindset of knowing I need help and going through, if the person isn't open to actually discover and go through that, then we're probably not going to be a great fit. Um, So we find that as we're going through that, that sometimes we would fit somebody like a bill that we can go through afterwards and say, Hey, Bill, I get it. Here's why I'm doing it. I don't want to make sure that, you know, if you wake up five years from now and you say, Holy crap, look at this tax bill. This is awful. I'm like, well, Bill, you said you weren't worried about taxes. (laughs) Right. You know, it's, it's making sure that you're going through and you get those things put together. So we have what's called a vision guide. You know, I'm not going to tell you to go and sit on a rock and try to think philosophically like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? Help guide you through. It's about 25 questions just to kind of help out. And some of those questions are as basic as figuring out if something happened to you both today, who do you want your money to go to? You know, do you like donating to charity? You know, I, I'm excited for coming up here in a couple of weeks with the Big Brothers Big Sisters golf tournament. Right. So we're, we're kind of coming up with crazy ideas of how we can raise some more money with that, with our whole sponsorship. Good but, plug. Thank you so yeah. much. August, <laughs> August 14th. There you go. In the morning. Uh, sh- shameless plug. Right. Uh, but uh, with that, that, you know, we're looking at what are different ways that we can help out and do that. The same thing happens on a personal level or at your business is you're just trying to figure out what's important to you. For us, it's important to give to the community. So what are the things that I can do to be able to, to be around that right now? I'm holding events at local businesses. I'm supporting local causes, and I'm going to be out and I'm going to help people out when they have questions, whether they work with me or not. So if somebody has questions about something, I've opened up my calendar. I have 15-minute time slots available that I'll just help out with questions. And it doesn't mean that I'm getting paid a dime for it. Now, selfishly, of course, if I'm able to help out and I provide value, I'd love to bring people on as clients. But regardless, I just want to make sure that they've got a sounding board that somebody can help them out with sound
1: information right now, so that people don't get taken advantage of. Well, also uh, selfishly, and then I want to circle back to something else. When I do the same thing, I always feel so good. Like, and I and there's a part of me that feels like a little guilty. Like I'm trying to give these this free advice to genuinely help somebody, but it always makes me feel so happy myself that I did it. That I'm like, well, this isn't really. Uh... This isn't what I was going for. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you, you mentioned something and you had it as kind of a throwaway line, but I think it is such an important part. You talked about, you know, there are people out there that aren't going to be interested in doing this and then they're not a good fit for us. And there are so many business owners that I talk to that don't have the, I want to use the right word here, that don't have the backbone, that don't have the vision, that don't have the willingness to say that. And it's so powerful. Like you are building a business that funds your lifestyle. You are investing with the Life Wealth Group to have the right lifestyle that you want. You need to make sure that everything or as much as possible fits that mindset. And so I love that you're just like, well, that may not be the right client for us. We may not be the right fit for them. It's so true.
2: Yeah. And a lot of that comes to as a business owner, if you understand your cash flow and that you're not going to be out of business, if you don't take on this bad client, you feel better about it. That puts you in that power. It's like showing up at the car lot to look at cars, but your other car still works fine and you're happy to drive it. You know, you don't feel pressured that you have to buy something that day or you have to do something. You can, you can look, you can fill it out. You know, I always recommend to people, I may not be the last person that you, you speak with. You, you might speak with multiple, but I, I can pretty well guarantee that we're going to be the most comprehensive. And a majority of people always say, you know what? I talked to others. Nobody did it like you guys. Nobody went into as much detail without me being a client and helped me. They were just trying to look for other things. So when we, when we can help out in that way, we have relationships that blossom tremendously because we're leading with value first, and then we're able to back up what we say we're going to do.
1: Next, your next grade A thing that I pitch to everybody, you know, you're leading with that value. And so I just, you know, I love the more that we do these, the more consistency there is in successful techniques across all different industries. And, you know, that knowing your ideal client, knowing who's the right fit and leading with value. I mean, those are things that we kind of always come back to, which, you know, can't say they work for everybody, but they, are, they do consistently work for many people that we talk to. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, a sale, it's the sales pitch right there. The sales pitch is that genuine vo- value, that genuine interest, that genuine caringness. There's no, there's nothing better than a genuine sales pitch like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I look at that. I've had people sit down before. I, years ago, I sold uh, health, in, health memberships like gyms, fitness centers, multimillion-dollar facilities in North Carolina, Indiana, Ohio, and here in Florida. So if anybody here in Orlando or the greater area remembers Lifestyle Family Fitness – uh, that's who I worked for, except I wasn't here in Florida. I was in the cold States. Um, there you go. Which I think but, LA
1: fitness bought him out a couple of years ago. Yeah, it now. was
2: LA and lifetime fitness, uh, purchased with those, but I can remember sitting there and you would have people come in and go, all right, buddy, give me your pitch. I'm like, I don't have any pitch for you. You tell me what you're wanting to do. I mean, I'm not going to take somebody to go show them free weights. If all they care about is doing group fitness classes to help you out with what's important to you. Uh, So that's why when we start that relationship off that we're figuring out more about what's important to you, we can start there first. I know of other things that we're going to discover. Like most people don't walk in and say, I'm really worried about long-term health care unless they've had something that happened to them. Like if they were helping pay for their parents or the grandparents and they're going through that, that's the guys that come in and say that. But normally off the street, you're not going to come in as a 55, 60-year-old and say, you know what I really want to do? I want to spend five grand a year for coverage. (laughs) No. You know it's coverage you never want to use but right. it's a problem
1: well it's like life insurance you know i always the, the two things that i own that crack me up the most are you know my my uh, life insurance and my trust for when i die because like those two things will do nothing for me they've yeah. done stuff for, well, hopefully they will do what i want them to do for everybody else
2: yeah everybody just thinks of groundhog day with ned schneebly You know, that's when you think of the insurance guy, like that's who you feel like. It's the guy with the bad hat that's chasing you on the street. Like, you know, come on, we got to do business. You know, it's 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 the wrong impression. Uh, I have people that I help out with the insurance piece uh, that have always looked at it. Just my little sister and her husband are devout Dave Ramsey followers. I mean, like they they drink the Kool-Aid hard. They love Dave Ramsey. They've been on his show, been in the studio to scream they were debt free. So, you know. If I look at that and I see there's a lot of great basis to that planning of saying, listen, live within your means, make sure to save, put money back, you know, don't use bad debt. Those are great things to start with. But one of the things that people lose is that when he'll say, buy term, invest the difference, you can probably get 12% in a fund. Well, you may not need 12%. You may not need that risk. Now, what are we chasing? Are we chasing a number or are we chasing something that we want to make happen? So if I look at that, sometimes with life insurance, people are more worried not about what happens when I die. They're worried about what happens to this policy while I'm living. Right. Can I use this to pay for health care? Can I use it to pay for my kid's wedding? Can I do different stuff with it? Like it can do so many different things, but only if it's properly designed. So this is one of the things that I've seen year after year after year, that somebody somewhere sold it for a paycheck as the advisor, but they never had any plan behind it. They didn't know how you were going to pay for it. They just guessed And then all of a sudden people wind up with these policies that they say, this thing's a load of garbage. This doesn't do anything like this was supposed to help me out with retirement. And here it is. It's breaking me while I'm
1: working. It's so true. And it's it's interesting because, like, you know, growing up as a kid, I like to think I had some concept of the value of a dollar. Like I remember my parents, I wanted the uh, like a Power Ranger toy. And my parents had this whole thing that every time I took out the trash and did the chores and whatever, you know. I would get five cents or 10 cents towards it. Um, But then like you become an adult and it's not so much like losing concept of the value of a dollar. It's realizing how complicated it is to really know how much (laughs) money you have or where to put it or what it's going to do. It's just, it's, it's fascinating.
2: Yeah. I can remember uh, walking down the street and dialing the number on my card to figure out what my balance was. This was before online banking. It's like, I'm trying to figure out how much money I have. Can I go do this thing?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, and that's the uh, it,
1: profit first is a big thing going around for attorneys because of that exact thing. Like you look, yeah. at, the, you look at what's in the account and you spend it.
2: Yeah. So, you know, we see that. Uh, to your point, as far as the value of a dollar as a kid, uh, I can remember my mom saying, I'm never going to buy you another video game system. Because all you do is you get, you get in the trading post, which was like our online classifieds, and you sell it. And you make money on it and you go buy something else with it. And I said, yeah, it's great. <laughs> she didn't really like financing that entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I sold my power wheel car to the eye doctor one day while I was in and I was getting an eye exam as like a, I don't know, a 10 year <laughs> so old kid. There you go. Know, so everybody laughed that they were like, I cannot believe the eye doctor just pulled up at her house and they were like, why is Dr. Graw here? And I was like, oh, I <laughs> sold him my power wheel. And they're like, what?
1: <laughs> That's great. That's, yeah. uh You know, and that's a that's a great life skill, you know, being able to talk to, especially at that age, being able to talk to adults, being able to, you know, convince them of uh, something along those lines. I mean, just a wonderful – and you probably bailed him out, you know. I, I got to think his kid was probably pissed at him that he didn't have one, and so now you uh, solve that problem.
2: He was the new owner of a Corvette Power Wheel, and you know what? I'm sure it made his kids happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, too funny. All right, so as we get towards the end of this, I want to make sure we have your contact info out for all of our listeners and watchers. We've got the lifewealthgroup.com here on your bottom third, but what other ways to stay in touch do you want to let people know about?
2: The best way on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, just look for Orlando Money Guy. So that's the easiest way to find me. I post on there. Pretty regularly, I would like to say daily, but let 's be honest there 's stuff that happens, and there 's lots of days that I get nothing out. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, we are not to a hundred subscribers. Uh, I would love to be there uh, I think right i 'm going to look at the update and see if you there are go. there yet uh, so I think we are we are at one hundred and two, so there I can say I was the episode that made it happen. Uh, Thanks to all those along the way. But we'll, uh, you know, with that, that we share information on there to be able to make finances easy. Uh, Whether you're a client with us or not, it's resources that you can use. So it's stuff like, should I go and refinance my house right now? It's a pretty good time. Some good information to have there. Uh, How do I smartly save for college? What are different things that I can do to help with taxes? So if you're interested in stuff like that, just go on there and look. If you decide from hearing our information and what I share that it uh, is a benefit to you to have a conversation, I'm happy to schedule 15 minutes and sit down with anybody. I just hop on the phone. You can be in the comfort of your house in your sweatpants and your best Zoom attire of a business shirt uh, with those sweatpants, and we'll we'll help you out with your
1: questions. There we go. And uh, Alicia Young says, "True story. Andy was a business person at a very, at a young age." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> That's wonderful. All right. Um, yeah. And so I, I will second that. I mean, obviously, you know, Andy uh, was really drumming up some gutter guests and let me on once. But the other guests that I've seen have been really phenomenal. And they've had some very interesting conversations. I know you do some, your boss does some. Um, I just it's a good you got a good show with some really good information for people to take home and learn from.
2: Yeah. So that is Orlando Impact. Uh, And we release that. That's on that same YouTube page for for the Life Wealth group. Uh, But we also share that if you download, if you like to listen to it. There's not as many people traveling in the car right now. But if you're still one of those people, it's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, Google
1: Podcast, all those different platforms uh, for you to be able to enjoy. All right, wonderful. So then we'll end this the way we end all the rest of them. If somebody's been listening for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes, and they have taken nothing else away from this, what's that one last aphorism piece of advice most important takeaway you want to make sure that we drill into the brains of as many business owners as possible
2: cash flow is king
1: cash flow is king it's so true the uh there's so many businesses like every you know you gave the example that think they're doing well but don't realize where the uh where the money is where the money's staying and that it's going out slower than it's coming back in
2: Yeah, it's if you are fooled into thinking uh, that your receivables are going to be paid on time and that's going to make everything work, then it's it's probably time to have a better conversation. We got to make sure that you're in a good, healthy spot. You know that you develop a shock absorber uh, so that that way you're okay. If
1: something happens, it's a little softer. You're still going to make it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And really, I tell everybody, go on over. You know, Andy's got a great show. The your Orlando Money Guy, the Orlando Money Guy, Orlando Money Guy. What is it? It's Orlando, the Orlando Money Guy, right? Uh,
2: Just Orlando Money Guy. So just Orlando Money Guy. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you type in Orlando Money Guy, it should be my face that pops up on all the different channels, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, and then if you go to YouTube, it's just under the Life Wealth Group.
1: There we go. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, guys.
0: You've been listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and would consider sharing the show. We would also love an honest five-star review through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you use. If you are interested in being a guest of the podcast, please contact producer Mark through email at mark at jordanlawfl.com. Use the subject line podcast guest in your email. Thank you. We look forward to speaking to you again soon.